0: Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris Maxwell Rose. I'm Charlotte Mia Rose. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, explicit, wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, and intimate connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all of the resources. We have been lovingly creating for you since 2006. Our lives are dedicated to creating actionable, effective, efficient education so you can experience more pleasure, more joy, and more connection on your own terms. You will find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. If you are new to the show, go to pleasuremechanics.com slash free, and get signed up for our free online course so you can start exploring with us right away. If you've been with us for a while, go to pleasuremechanics.com love and find ways to go deeper with us yet. On today's episode, we are rounding out Kinktober. We've spent all month talking about intense sensations and role-playing and rough sex, just a few of the topics in the galaxy of kinky conversations we can have, and that we have had over the years on this podcast. We are 450 some episodes deep. And so if there's more you want to explore about any topic, we've probably done an episode on it, and you'll find it at pleasuremechanics.com. And we were thinking about like, what did we want to finish Kinktober with? We had this whole list of kinky topics, And yet we realized that no matter how many kinky games and kinds of play and dynamics and energies that we introduce you to here, you won't be able to step deeper into your own pleasures and your own joys and open up to your partner's desires and fantasies if we can't trust our yes. So Rather than kind of just keep going with kinkier and kinkier topics for you, I wanted to complete this month with more of a emotional conversation about what does it mean to trust our erotic yes? What does it mean to find our yes in the first place and kind of know what we want or to hear what our partner wants? And then trust that yes, trust that desire to take us in a positive direction. And why is this hard in the first place? Why do so many of us have so much mistrust and fear and doubt around eroticism and the sexual yes that bubbles up from within us, you know, sometimes from very mysterious places. Um, So this is the conversation we're going to have today about how do we trust our yes
1: Right. This is a foundational attitude to look at, to
0: adopt.
1: And it's so relevant in the realm of kink, but it's also relevant in all of our erotic life. All of life, period. Yes. (laughs) Because I think you're right. There's so much mistrust. And we can be gentle with ourselves to know that, of course, that is the case. Living in a culture that has so many centuries of sex negativity, it absolutely makes sense that we don't trust our Desires and our wants and our longings. And so, if we give a little time and space to explore that and to look at why we don't trust it, and then how do we give it a little bit more space to honor our
0: yeses? Mm -hmm. Our yes and our partner's yes. Um, Because one of the other ideas we had for this episode was to talk about kind of why we have so much hesitation to do kink around like we don't want to hurt our partner right and no one wants to cause harm to the people they love and so sometimes you can hear your partner's desires and in fact this just happened to me the other day with a lover that I found and was like oh you're really kinky too this is going to be great but when he heard some of my desires there was this whole conversation we had to have to clarify and get more um, clear about What my yes was. And I had to ask him to trust my yes. Like I've done all this work to trust my own yes, to find it, to identify it, and then to trust it and kind of surrender to it. Sometimes these desires, like we want things that we don't know why we want them. We want things that scare us a little bit. We want things that cause us like a lot of excitement, but we don't really have the skills for yet, right? And so that's like unknown territory. And so to step into that takes a certain amount of self-trust and trust in eroticism itself. Mm. And in conversation after conversation, what I keep coming back to is in so many different ways, we have been trained to mistrust eroticism, Mm -hmm. to have fear about sexual energy showing itself to us. Like we feel desire and then we immediately doubt it or feel scared of it, or turn away from it, or like literally mistrust it, like think it's up to no good. Mm. Um, Like you're going to cause like mayhem or chaos. And like, there's so much legacy here, Charlotte was saying centuries, and I would say eras Mm -hmm. of sexually violent cultures and cultures that have trained us out of our ability to trust our erotic yes. Um, I'm thinking like you mentioned it in preparation for this episode, the myth of Pandora's box. Mm -hmm. And I was just reading this in one of the Olympian graphic novels we read to our daughter, (laughs) Um, the story of Pandora's box and how the gods kind of put all of the monsters and mayhem into this box. And then curiosity, you know, we lift the lid of the box and it releases all of this chaos onto the world. Um, And we've kind of been taught that sexuality is this Pandora's box that if we crack it open we won't be able to stop what comes out of it abstinence only education what i did my thesis on so many years ago i was just having this conversation with another lover but you know his fear was the slippery slope mentality that if i step into this or if i say yes to something that it'll just take me down this slippery slope road to like you know uncontrolled and insatiable sexuality that's going to take over my life um, so why are we taught Wait, and-, and that was a part of abstinence only education? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Florida boy speaking there. But so if you think back on how you were taught about sex, and the way that culture creates inhibitions for us so much of it is this internal mental game of doubting ourselves and that can show so many different faces like right
1: judgment is a really common one that shows up now when we're less concerned about the criminality or it being medically unsafe but we judge yeah sinful we judge it so deeply we judge ourselves we judge our lovers we judge other people that we see on the internet right like that is a really common first response And what do we do with that? We look at it. We explore it. We wonder about it.
0: Well, and judgment can have, again, so many faces. And we have to kind of name all of the faces of this so we can all recognize the Mm -hmm. way that we might be doing this to ourselves and trust we all do this to ourselves. Even Charlotte and I, lifelong erotic explorers and educators, like when you come up against new territory or something you've never said out loud before Or something you never thought you were worthy of, Mm. right? And another form of judgment is evaluating if you are worthy of something or are the kind of person that can do that kind of thing, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, that sounds great, but it's for someone else. Mm -hmm. This other kind of person that's not me for all of these internalized reasons. And so like that self-doubt when we talk about mistrust of the eroticism um, So much of this is that internal game of the stories we tell ourselves and the ways that we are afraid of the unknown instead of what, right? Like, so what would it look like? So first of all, let's all just take a moment.
1: Take a breath. <sighs>
0: <Charlotte. laughs> here comes Charlotte's self-compassion moment. <laughs> I love it. It's like we need a whole empathy hour because, yeah, we all yeah. need self-empathy here Um, to understand why this mistrust runs so deep, right? And no matter kind of how sex positive you identify as, you have your own places of practicing this. And many of us are completely shut down by this, right? Um, We keep our sexuality in this really safe, comfortable zone of what we've been told we should want and should be and what people like us do and so much of that is just lies 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 right what's
1: acceptable what is palatable what is safe it's a really it's really hard to move out of that because there aren't so many voices saying eroticism is good Mm -hmm. eroticism is safe eroticism is healthy is sacred is powerful is a force of love and goodness keep it coming you know (laughs) like what would it be like to grow up in a culture Mm. where that is the message and Mm. it's like something that you just learn to navigate and wield and play with and interact with it's such a but it's inherently good Mm. That would be such a different background, foundational understanding of this force in our bodies and Mm. in our lives and between us. Mm. And we do not have that, but we want to be that voice with you and for you, for ourselves and for each other. Mm. Because Mm. the more we can embody and inhabit this kind of belief, we share that and we create culture that believes that and holds that space. Mm. And then of course, you can imagine that we can experience more pleasure in this context, because we have more trust, we have more faith in it, we have more belief in its goodness.
0: (laughs) George Michael songs coming on, there's like an anthem here. And this piece of belonging within Mm. your desire, right? So so many of this, the voices of mistrust kind of circle back to if I allow myself to want this, what does it mean about me? Or will I lose this relationship or lose the connection or the sense of belonging I have? And even a sense of belonging within your own social ideas of who you are, mm. right? Who you are within your sexual orientation and identity. Um, how does this desire that's bubbling up in you and what we're saying on like trusting your yes, like first, we have to find our yes. And we have all sorts of resources about that and guidance to kind of look through our erotic psyches and explore our fantasies and imaginations. And also just to pay attention to what our body wants and needs. And to find those places in us like there is something that I want. There is something that I long for, there's something that I desire. And this could be again, like taking a skydiving class or joining a pool league or the bowling club or a quilting circle, right? Like we have many yeses around the things we want to do and the things that want to be expressed through us. But we're talking specifically now about those erotic yeses, those desires for pleasures and experiences and energies. And even more specifically, the ones that might scare us a little bit. Mm. And again, that's different for everybody. Like for some people, just admitting that they need touch and they long to be held and cuddled is terrifying to kind of say that out loud, like I am longing for this. For others, it's asking for something way outside their comfort zone or a kinky fantasy they've always had, but have never said out loud. And especially within relationships, in this conversation of like, honey, what do you want to explore next? If we're going to keep that conversation alive and grow together as erotic beings, we need to all have the ability to find our yes, say it out loud, and then hear your partner's yes and trust that too. We're going to explore more about trusting our yes after this break, where we thank our sponsors for this episode. One thing that I am always a big yes to is lube and especially high-quality silicone lube that can be used on any part of the body to enhance any sex act where you want a little bit more slip, slide, and glide in your erotic play. Our favorite is Uber Lube, and it's been on our bedside table for decades, and we invite you to explore it by going to uberlube.com and using the code PLEASURE for 10% off and free shipping. UberLube is high quality silicone lubricant that delivers beautiful slide without any extra chemicals or tastes or anything that's going to get in the way of your play. Try it out at uberlube.com. Use the code PLEASURE for 10% off and free shipping and you will find a link for this in the show notes and along with all of the other offers from our sponsors at pleasuremechanics.com toolbox. We'd also like to thank Love Honey. We've partnered with Love Honey to bring you a discount on their high quality sex toys that range from the delightful suction toys that I love so much to beautiful vibrators and just about every other style of sex toy you can imagine. You'll find it all at lovehoney.com. Use the code PLEASUREMECHANICS20 for 20% off your order. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Nova 2. You have probably heard about rabbit style vibrators before all the way from the sex in the city days. But the Nova 2 is the next generation rabbit vibrator. It is waterproof, features dual vibrators that can be adjusted to a wide variety of settings and speeds and intensities. And my favorite feature, it is adjustable. You can bend and shape it to fit your body specifically, and then it stays along for the ride. Check out the WeVibe Nova 2, along with a wide range of high-quality sex toys at lovehoney.com, and use the code PLEASUREMECHANICS20 20% for 20% off your order. That's lovehoney.com. Use the code pleasuremechanics20 for 20% off. You'll find this offer and all of the other generous offers from our sponsors at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox. So just to acknowledge here that finding our yes is a whole process, Uh a whole process, a lifetime of uh, exploration and excavation and coming to terms with like all of the ways we've been shoulded upon um, and taught to want things that we don't actually like. You know, this is a very big conversation that we've been having since 2006 and will continue to have. Um, So we're not saying that any of this is simple, but it is so worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And when we can find our yes and then trust it, right, trust it. And part of what trust means is not only giving it permission and space to like kind of show itself, but then to embrace it and believe it has something to offer us, right? And Charlotte was kind of going off about the what it would be like, like, can we even have the thought experiment? Of living in a culture that affirms and celebrates erotic energy as a positive generative nourishing source Mm. right and until we live in that world we have to practice in the microcosms of our own hearts and our own minds and our relationships and our friendships right And part of practicing trusting our yes is saying things out loud to other people. And this can be your lover or your therapist or your best friends, your slut squad, as I call them. We all need friends that affirm our sexuality. Um, And if you don't have these friends, like think about friends you've been comfortable with in the past and reach out to them like slut friends are so. And when I say that, I just mean friends that will witness you and celebrate your erotic life. Mm right and in allowing yourself to be witnessed and in saying things out loud you also give others permission to trust their yes and it's been actually really beautiful as I've shared more of my erotic uh renaissance (laughs) Charlotte and I have opened up our relationship this past year and I've been dating other people and Charlotte and I have been like reconnecting on this whole new level which is so delicious (laughs) Lest you think opening up takes anything away Mm. from primary relationships. Our experience is that, you know, she and I are soaring at 16 years. We just had our anniversary weekend and it was sizzling, smoking hot. (laughs) Love you, baby. Thank you. Um, But as Mm. I share all of that, you know, on social media and with my friends, I'm experiencing this like in community we are trusting our yes together and friends are saying their desires out loud to me and sharing their journeys as they explore their sexualities and open up to new pleasures with their partners Um, and it's been really beautiful to affirm one another Um, so this is not like just an internal process it's relational both with your lovers and I do want to talk more about like how do we trust one another's yes but also with our friends and our community and like the culture we want to build how can you be a permission giver for other people's yes, and let your yeses be witnessed? Yeah. And what is there for us? What is on the other side of this? Because like when I say trust the mystery of it, like sometimes desires come from a place like we don't understand why we want something we don't understand why we want to be treated like a puppy and pet and scritched, right? Like We don't understand why we want to be a mistress and step into those beautiful boots and pleather pants and corset like Charlotte recently (laughs) did for me and, you know, strutted her stuff in a way that was just so powerful. Um, But sometimes we don't understand the reason for these things. But if we trust the yes and start stepping into it and giving ourselves even like sips and tastes of these things their medicine can start working on us, Mm. you know? This is such a
1: powerful idea that I just love to return to, this idea that the erotic that our desires can offer us our own medicine Mm. and that we don't have to understand it to necessarily follow it that there's some inkling of a desire of an interest that our brain might have some question marks about and certainly you know pay attention to your safety attend to the things that make sense to attend to but also give space for some of these desires to unfold a little bit And it can look like just starting with the smallest thing. If that is a pair of boots, if that is an accessory that like sparks something in you, it can look different for all of us. Following a certain search term, like who knows what your specific little bit of a scary desire is, but but let's give ourselves space to let it unfold and let ourselves receive the medicine that we might need.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this again, like when we say medicine, eroticism as a force that moves through us, if we can choose to trust it a little more, first of all, we find that just pleasure itself, and again, this we can trace this all the way back to can we trust pleasure? Is pleasure a positive thing? How can we unfurl the narratives that tell us pleasure is like a reward to be earned, or hedonistic or a luxury or a privilege, Right? pleasure is our inborn natural state of being. It is our birthright. It is a state that humans are designed to experience, right? And the more research I do, like pleasure and social connection and joy are our resting state as humans. It's what we are designed to come home to. And just on a physiological level, pleasure is incredibly healing and powerful medicine. It is good for us. I remember 15 years ago standing in front of an audience in Raleigh, North Carolina with you and doing like the top 10 reasons pleasure can save your life. Mm -hmm. Cause we were geeking out on the fact that pleasure is good for your immune system and your cardiovascular system and helps you regulate sleep patterns and stress responses. And, you know, um, and that can be motivation for us and in our like Capitalist brain, sometimes if we have like a reason to pursue pleasure, we can give ourselves more permission, right? To elevate it on our to do list, to prioritize pleasure. Another one of those anthems we've been saying for 16 years and is now in a Billie Eilish song. <laughs> And an advertising I want campaign. royalties. Yeah. <laughs> but like what will motivate us to prioritize that pleasure to trust our yes. And sometimes like we have to experience the mysterious medicine of eroticism to believe it and give ourselves like that leap of faith that I can allow myself this. Mm -hmm. And again, micro and macro here, this could be stepping into a kink or fetish that you've had a long time longing for, and have never given yourself permission for. This could be stepping into gender exploration or exploring your sexual orientation in a new way. This could be just expressing part of yourself that's been like, Tamped down and shouldered upon and denied for too long. Or this could just be a Charlotte texted me, like, I'm having a hankering for a very specific noodle dish. <laughs> are you okay to cook at home and I just stay out for a while? And it's like sometimes we think about everyone else's needs and not our own desires. We are so stressed out by our to do lists that there's no time or space to explore our own pleasures. And in that we are denying ourselves the fuel and the medicine of erotic energy and to give ourselves space to let that move through us and then just see for yourself what it does for you. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I could go on about this because some of it is like early childhood stuff. Like early developmental needs, early attachment needs that you've just been like a little malnourished in, and you need some love and attention and like pampering and nourishing, you know? And so some erotic relationships will like go to that core inner child level and nourish parts of yourselves like you didn't even know needed revitalization. Like I was malnourished in this way for my whole life, and now I'm finally receiving it, and it feels so good. You know, and this is one of the things that happens to me when I'm called, like, oh, sweet baby girl, you're such a pretty good girl, like this, like, kind of daddy relationship I'm in, because, like, I never got that as a child, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so, for me specifically, and this isn't true for all daddy play, but for me specifically, it is working on a certain inner child need that I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I didn't even know I needed that. But man, it feels good to receive. And I'm just going to allow it. Like, I didn't understand it. It didn't fit with my, like, daddy. I, like, I was the daddy. <laughs> like, people were calling me daddy. My girls were calling me daddy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I had a daddy. And, like, I fought against this within myself. I resisted it. But when I allowed the yes, when it just kind of fell out of my mouth, and I was like, oh, my God, this feels so good. What happens if I trust this and trust mm-hmm. this man who feels trustworthy? Mm-hmm and yes okay so anytime we trust we are setting ourselves up and it becomes vulnerable and that is a reason we don't trust our yes because it puts us in a vulnerable state and so to trust our yes we need to be a little resourced we need to have some ground under us we need to feel like we will be okay wow this is uh, getting kind of epic
1: But I just want to say to the daddy play, I feel like some so much of kink and a lot of sexuality feels really different on the inside of experiencing it than it looks from the outside. So let's expect that as we look at the enormous spectrum of sexuality, that we look at some things and do not understand why somebody likes that what people are getting out of it and let's just notice that and trust that they are getting what they need out of it just like we could get something out of a dynamic or an experience that we might not understand Mm -hmm. I just want to name that because I think it's so true especially for kink Mm -hmm. these things feel different than they look right and I just want to bring back this foundational idea that like if we relate to eroticism as a generative creative force in life. Mm -hmm. How much more can we begin to trust it as a force for good in our own life and in the world around us? Mm -hmm. And just begin to shift our worldview and hold our own sexuality and our own desires within that frame.
0: I feel more spaciousness in Mm -hmm. that for myself. Um, And we can look forward to pleasures that we want and kind of this like leap of faith I'm talking about. But maybe it's also useful to look retrospectively in the past in your life. Like, where have you trusted a desire or a curiosity or a yearning? And where has that taken you? Mm -hmm. Like, were there moments in the past where you dared to trust a yes, where you went out for the team you didn't know if you would make, where you applied to a school you didn't know if you'd get into? where you said something out loud that felt a little scary. And sometimes these things just fall out of us, you know, I think sometimes it wants to move through us in a way it just insists upon itself. Um, But where have you trusted a desire? And what has it brought you in life? And then where are the places that you might have resisted, you might have been mistrusting or fearful, or inhibited by shame, or guilt or doubt, right? Where have those places been? And maybe what could be tended to now, like it's never too late. Um, along with like the you know inner child daddy play, I also have a you know whole era right now of like reclaiming those teenage years that were taken from me from trauma, and experiencing things that I've been like mourning, missing out on. When it's like you can experience those things now. These things are never too late to experience the things we think we were denied or lost to trauma or missed out on or weren't quite ready for. Right. Um, we all are on this kind of personal journey of becoming Mm. and especially as a listener of this podcast, like just by listening to this podcast, I know that you've taken some steps towards your own. Yes. Yes. Like tuning into this podcast is a yes. There's a hundred things you could be listening to, a million things, and you're choosing to spend some time with us. First of all, thank you. Thank you. And congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> because this is a step towards exploring your desires, your yes, what is there for you in the sexual realm. And I guess part of what we want to say to you is like, there's so much good there. hmm on the other side of trusting these desires that might scare us a little or intimidate us, or we might have some mistrust around. So how do we come home to trusting it? And
1: then using all of our other skills that we've developed around having conversations around them, getting consent in certain situations, you know, Owning our own desires, hearing other people's desires, trying not to get um, defensive or reactive, but hearing what somebody Mm -hmm. else wants because it can be a lot sometimes when somebody surprises you with a whole thing that you had no idea was in them,
0: right? And it's like, okay, and your husband asking to be put in diapers, like, can you trust that? Yes, it might take some steps, right? Okay. And Mm -hmm. those are things you can explore together. But you can trust just the fact that someone is saying something they want out loud to you is an act of trust in you
1: yeah and honoring of like sharing their deepest fantasies with you it's a it's an intimacy building connection
0: it's an honor yeah it is and so how do we trust that and just hold it even if just like holding steady that doesn't have to mean action it can just mean like i'm going to hold this with some care and compassion and we're going to continue to communicate and as charlotte said there are skills upon skills here and we are here for you every step of the way so much of this is covered in our kinky sex mastery course, where you get 25 guided date nights to explore your desires to practice skills, to do things out loud and with each other hit play on the date, let us guide you. And you also get our kinky communication like that's a whole bonus, which could be a whole course in and of itself. We are generous in our courses because we know That it's so many skills that build upon one another Mm -hmm. to create these erotic wins, to create these breakthroughs, to create these transformative moments, to create permission within ourselves to say yes to something totally new in our lives, and then trust it to work its medicine through us. Like we know this is no small ask. We've been in it for a lifetime. We are dedicated to being there with you, our global community of erotic explorers. We love you. And we are grateful that you trust us to be in this conversation with you. You'll find a bunch more resources and our course at PleasureMechanics.com slash kink. And you'll find it all forever and always at PleasureMechanics.com. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure.